Welcome back. Welcome back. Good morning. Another episode of Waking Up with Wendy on the Stop Showdown podcast. Oh, I, I cannot emphasize how excited I am to have our next guest on the show today because this has been a podcast in the making probably for the last, like, uh, I don't know, two months or so. Uh, we're finally able to coordinate our schedules. Basil Shaw and myself. So I'm, I'm so pleased to have Basil on the show today. Uh, a little bit of background on Faisal. Uh, he was working in, in you know, a pretty secure job for quite some time, which we're going to get into, and just quit, put it all behind him, this, this, this secure, prestigious position, threw it all out the window to start his, his, his venture here that he's going to, to dive into you. And what really, really... Um, you know, prompted me to want to get to meet and have Faisal on the show is it emphasizes in his bio, school doesn't teach you how to negotiate, create wealth, network, personal brand, build trust relationships, yet these are what move the needle in his life. And I want him to divulge on that. So without further ado, everybody, Faisal Shah. Thanks for the cracking introduction. Um, it wasn't. So, it wasn't so dramatic for me, you know. It was just. It just felt natural. <laughs> just start natural to, to just throw it all behind and, and take the, the leap of faith. Huh? Yeah, you know they say they say, and I've learned this recently since I started investing myself. They say no one thing kills a deal. So they actually mean that in sales. Like if a salesman's got bad breath. That doesn't kill the deal. It's more than one thing. And I actually think in relationships with your friends, it's not because they let you down the last time or they didn't turn up for your birthday that kills the deal. It's an accumulation of things. And so when I walked out of that position, it was an accumulation of things. And that's what I want to say. That's one of the lessons I actually learned that school didn't teach me. No one thing breaks a deal. Wow. No one thing breaks the deal. So it's not like, as an analogy, it's not one grade. That, that broke this deal or you know, one that caused you to perform uh, poorly academically. It is a culmination of habits one has built to get to that point. Do I got that about right? Maybe that on that, uh, that analogy? That is exactly it, you know, because when I grew up at school, I was a C average student. And in the States, do you have like grades from A to E or something like that? Or like uh, we got, yeah, A to D, and then we skip E and go to F. Right, okay, I got it, yeah. So I was like a C-grade student at school, uh, maybe a couple of B-grades, and I made it to university, and it was in the last year of university, the hardest year, where all my friends had already disappeared and gone off working, and I, and I was one year because my grades had been, you know, so bad. But it was in the last year that I got my highest grades of my life, which was like an A-star, which you can't get higher. And I got that in two areas, and I thought I was incapable of getting that when I was at school because I was a C-grade student. So it's exactly that. It was accumulation of habits and tuning that got me, and I was like, geez, I can actually do this thing called school <laughs> or education. <laughs> so, like, you're forced, it seems like, from what your bio emphasizes, that these, that these soft skills that you, that you have or that you were were looking for or much needed that the schools didn't teach you, you're basically forced to figure this out on your own, right? 
Hundred percent, and it was through industry. You know, when I graduated, and I'm not—I I know you're a teacher, so I respect that hundred percent. But I also feel that you're like an energetic teacher, and I, I think you go above and beyond. Um, and from what I read and what I saw, absolutely, actually. Um, and and I think in life, well, I'll tell you, when I graduated, the friends that I graduated with, they were looking in newspapers and on the internet for jobs. And I'm not going to be the strongest candidate. I can't go with Oxford and Cambridge University or Harvard students. I'm not going to do it. So I need to have a niche. And my niche was just being myself. So this is what I did. I searched for the fastest growing company on the stock market, came up with the fastest growing company on the stock market, which was Broadvision. It was, an, it was a Silicon Valley company. And I picked up the phone. I kid you not, I picked up the phone and I called them. Because on the, on their website they had, they didn't have the jobs, and then I realized why. They're, when when people are growing fast, what are they doing? They're hiring, right? So before they even got to advertising, but you know it's stockpiled up, and people managers have stockpiles of CVs on their desks. They didn't have time to go through them. I called up, spoke to HR, got a voicemail. I left a voicemail. Monday morning came round. I got a call back. HR at Brovision. You called us, who are you, what do you want? And I'm like, hey man, and I was so excited. I just came out of me, I've just graduated. Are you hiring? Yes, we are hiring. Two weeks later, I was in there and I was working there for them, a Silicon Valley company. They just opened offices in London and they were recruiting and they didn't have time to put the job profiles on. I bypassed all the candidates on desk and they were candidates more qualified than me, but, but I skipped them. And that's, what I, that's the second lesson that I learned. Uh, best known beats best. McDonald's might not be the might, McDonald's might not be the best burger, but it's the best known burger. Very good. That's true. That's true. And so, if you're academically not strong, you just need to go above and beyond. But but look for the other ways. I love it. I love it because you know, look, there's there's plenty of students that I deal with on a day to day basis that are not the best academic students. And they know that, and that's fine. But emphasize that you're the best known candidate as opposed to being the best academic candidate. And those best academic candidates, they'll be fine. I'm sure they will. But the best known, there's just something different about that best known that, that takes that initiative, that leap of faith, that puts themselves out there, that isn't scared of rejection. That's what you. That's why you're doing this podcast, right? You want to get out there a bit. You want to get out your walls, go international. I mean, look at you. We're across continents right now, and we're having this beautiful conversation, and and um, and that's what it's about. But you're, we're going to get ourselves um, across continents. Thank you. I mean, like that's the way. I, I, look, look. For starters, I love the platform. That's how we met, uh, Basil and I. We met on the Podmatch platform. Uh, and through their algorithms, uh, we're able to connect like that. And the fact of the matter is, back in October, well, technically January of 2021, I started a business and I started podcasting all by myself. Um, and then in October, I started to get entrepreneurs like yourself on the show to get the word out there. And look, you know, it's been, what is that, like five months or so. And honestly, I know I'm not the best podcaster. I know that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get better each and every day. But I don't want to be the best podcaster. I mean, maybe I do, but I want to be the best known podcaster. So that's what I, I appreciate that phase. I'm trying to make that connection, and you just make it so easy. No, 100%. I hear you. I hear you. 
Uh, and you know, I mean, that that's what it is. Always through life, I've just been the underdog. I've always been the underdog. Uh, I failed French at school. I don't need French. And guess what happened? I got moved. <laughs> I moved. I went to Switzerland for work. What do they speak there? They speak French. And and then again, you know, I applied for a job. The required native French speaker. I couldn't string a sentence together. And yet I got my foot in the door, I spoke in English, and then up the ladder, they said, oh, you've got a, uh, an interview with the director. It's going to be in French because the guy didn't speak English. It was terrible. I was with CTO. He got his dictionary out in the interview and everything. And I was like, oh, my God. I shook his hand like, I'm not going to see you again. They offered me a job, and I had a 12-year career there. And the guy, the guy's retired now, the CTO. He's retired, yeah. but he still sends me a Christmas card every year, and his wife drops me an email with photos of them both. Basil, your your story is remarkable. I love it. I absolutely love it. This, again, this is this has been a long awaited podcast, and I've been chopping at the bit to finally like really get in uh, to the crux of the conversation. So I, I love having it, uh, and I love hearing everything that you have to share, Basil. We might have to get you back on too. I mean, I don't, I don't think one time. I don't think just once is going to cut it. Uh, so now, 10x. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, I hope that my audience can see it. Uh, and if they can, they're just listening. You might not be seeing the, the video that comes with this. But Basil's rocking his hat. And, and uh, the, the thing that goes on the door, whatever you call those things, those door hooks. Yeah, that's right. But uh, he's rocking the 10x gear. Uh, can you tell us a little bit in, uh, about the 10X uh, organization? This is, this is a really interesting story, you know. So like I said, the examples I gave you, I always knew that I'd, I, I would try other means, non-traditional means to get to where I needed to go. And I'd just be determined, banging on the door, and I'd get rejected. But I also didn't know if that was natural or unnatural, and I certainly felt alone. And then I... I went and I felt something was missing in my life. It was like purpose. You could call it purpose. Like, okay, I can go to where I want on the planet. I can go grab great holidays, drive more or less what I want to drive, et cetera, et cetera. You get the thing. But it's like, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. And and I spoke to some people who were considered really good leaders. And they said, do you read? And I said, I do not read. And they said, you need to read books. Great leaders read books and stuff. They gave me Start With Why from Simon Sinek. They gave me The 10X Rule by Grant Cardo, um, John Maxwell, you name it. I got tons of recommendations. Um, and it was The 10X Rule. When I read that, it blew my mind. It, it, was, it was like a 400-volt electric shock in my body, just the opening pages. It was like there's four levels of action. There's no action. There's retreat. I give up. There's normal levels of action, and then there's massive action. And 10X is about taking massive action more than your competitors are willing to do. So there may be lots of podcasters around you in your area. I'm not sure many of them are having international podcasts with diverse people from diverse backgrounds and whatnot. And you see, you've got to go on above and beyond. And I don't know how many of those are doing them in between lessons at, at school, you know, in their breaks. But that's going above and beyond, or at 5 a.m., they just gave up on all that. They're missing out on a whole load of things. And that's what it's about. It's about consistent, massive action, going above and beyond to 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 get to where you want to go. Wow. Speaking right to the heart, Basil, thank you very much for the acknowledgement. Um, but yeah, I, I guess 
I've had this passion, and it's, it's just exploding, I guess, out of me. That I just want to share it with as many people as I can and come in contact with. And, you know, I'm not, I don't see every single student uh, in the school. I wish I, I, I wish I had the opportunity to do that. Uh, and, and being able to podcast is my way to get out to the people I can't see. Um, ultimately, like you said, there are things that the schools aren't teaching students that these students need to know because these are the skills that are, that are going to get them ahead uh, in, in life and, and, and get them to perform. And I, again, because of my schedule, I don't get to see all those kids. Um, so that is, I guess, maybe internally what I'm doing here with the podcast is trying to get out to those kids that I can't reach. Yeah, absolutely. And, and giving them something else. You know, you know, for me, I wish they'd renamed maths how to get rich. <laughs> Seriously, if they'd called maths how to get rich, I'd been there. Of course. I, I, I would have been there every lesson. I'd be staying late. I do. Down the hall. Let me go. Uh, let me go discuss that. Yeah. I like it. How, how to create wealth? And you know why? Because because I'd be like, okay, I I, I I didn't get algebra. I mean, I did it, of course, I passed, but I didn't get it because I didn't see how that was useful. Now, if you tell me, um, okay, this is how you you know to learn, divide, understand percentages, understanding you know economics, how to create wealth. Talk to about inflation, what that means, how money's grown, how you put your money to work for you, passive income. Wow, I'd blow my mind. Don't call it economics, call it something more more exciting. I won't say sexy, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But it's all good. I create wealth, I like that. So I teach right now an economics class. So maybe when they come in today, we're gonna just change the name. We're gonna call it how to how to build wealth, how to how to avoid a recession, how to build wealth during a recession. Something yeah, like this is your million dollar class. That's how you get over it. Guys, this is not economics. This is your million-dollar class. Now, to get to a million dollars, this is how much you need to earn per year. This is how much you need to earn. How can you earn that? Let's break it down. I bet you'll get everybody's attention. So, so this just begs the question. It's like, not like, you know, what can I do? Because I feel like, again, like you would just emphasize that I find these windows of time between my periods, that podcast with, with international guests like yourself, um, where I'm up at four or five in the morning trying to grind it out and create things that uh, are going to benefit my, my, my audience and my students down the road. But, like, that's just one person that can think, what can we do fundamentally as a, as a society, as a system, like an education system as a whole? Like, we, I feel like we got it wrong. Like, what do we need to do to fix things? Yeah, you know, I've, I've got an opinion on this because because um, the education system, uh, do, please do correct me because you're a, you're a teacher, you'll know a lot about this, I mean, but it's been around for, for hundreds of years and it hasn't really evolved much, but yet everything else around us from the watches we wear to the way we spend our day has completely changed. And and for me, what's missing in the education system or what, how it needs upgrading is to kind of like, there are more and more people on the planet there are, classes are getting bigger. You can't give the same attention. And for me, what's worked, this is just my opinion from my experience, mentors have worked for me. People who will take me under their wing, not coaches necessarily, because coaches, for me, the difference between a coach and a mentor is a coach is somebody who says, I want to go climb that mountain. And, and, and a coach will train me at the gym to go and climb that mountain. But a mentor is somebody who's climbed that mountain 
probably a couple of times. And he might say, oh, you'll need this. And I'm like, what? No, you're going to need this because of the third base camp. You're going to need that. And that's a mentor. And that's the kind of people I, I would love to have as well as teachers as well. But a mentor who can guide me in the education system. And that may well be the strongest student in the class. You know, here's something that I thought about recently. How about the strongest kid in the class teach the weakest one? No, they may not want to. Maybe they hate each other. And this is what, you know, we, we, that's perfect. Because I would say, hey, this is the thing. In life, you're going to work with people that you hate. You're going to manage people you hate. You're going to be managed by somebody you hate. And you might even marry somebody at some point that you're going to hate. So you're going to have to get used to it. Okay. And now this is how you're going to use to it and build them, teach them how to build trusted, trusted relationship, find something in common. And if the strongest person, the weakest person in the class, for example, they can mentor each other and help each other grow. Wow. Then it's kind of like it's additional support. Now, yeah, that's inspiring. You now, know, I, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, but, and what I was saying was really what we get is normally from what I saw when I was at school is the strongest students study together. The weaker study students don't necessarily study together, but they hang out together. And so the gap just becomes bigger and bigger. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a philosophy that we should change. Or experiment with. No, that, no yeah, that's, that's very inspiring because it's, it's, it's very easy when you assign, you know, group work partnerships for the kids that gravitate towards the people they're comfortable working with, where I think you're right. We need to change that whole philosophy and have the stronger ones mentor uh, the, the weaker ones. I, I, you know, I can't argue with you at all on that one. I think I've heard that over and over again. And I have a mentor. I'd like to have more mentors. Uh, but I think the analogy with the mentor and the coach and the difference that you provided is, is very fundamental to understand. You know, I think what made, you know, what made Jordan, Michael Jordan, uh, one of the best basketball players is he had a really good coach. Yes, was he was very talented. Of course he was. But, like, his coach was pretty darn phenomenal, too. Um, and, and the likes of some of the other uh, professional athletes that are out there had good coaches. But they also had good mentors as well. So I think you hit the nail on the head that, yeah, I think it's important to have a good coach, but also, more importantly, a good mentor because they've been where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, that was fantastic. So, uh, Faisal, with all with all your experience uh, th that you have here, uh, what kind of advice right now uh, can you give to these high schoolers growing up in this day and age, I guess, fixated in a, in a system that they cannot change? So what kind of advice can you give to these high schoolers who, you know, in about 32 days from now are going to be walking out of this place into the collegiate level or into the workforce? What yeah. kind of advice do you Absolutely. You know, I just want to start that. I do enjoy analogies. Now, here's one that I, that I enjoyed reading once. It said, somebody is sitting under the shade of a tree today because 100 years ago, somebody planted a seed. And what I mean by that is that this is a great time to plant the seed because the decisions you make now will affect the trajectory of how you are going to live. What are you going to drive? How are you going to, the apartment you live in when you're 30 years old, it's going to definitely affect 
how you are when you retire, whether you struggle in life or not. But it's also going to affect the next few decisions that you make. So right now is a great time to think about your goals. What do I want to live like? What do I want to look like? Who do I want to be around? And when you have that goal, 10x it. So for example, I might need to look at my parents and think, I need 100K a year to live. Well, okay, that's what a lot of people think because my parents live great with 100K a year maybe, okay? Um, but the truth is, what's gas prices going to be in 20 years' time? What are they going to be in 40 years' time? What's a carton of milk going to cost in 40 years' time? I bet you your 100K won't get you very far. I promise you that. So, so you need to 10x it. What does a million look like? And that's when you go, damn, how do I earn a million? Yeah, I need a million dollars. How do I earn? And you start reverse. You set those big goals and you reverse engineer. Just plant the seeds of what you need to be doing right now, who you need to be getting around with. Is the next door neighbor who you're around with, is he going to help you get down to to a million dollars a year revenue? And if they aren't, then get around people who are. Maybe you need to play with the ballers around town. Get in with those. Go to the right places. And it might be small tweaks, you know. Instead of watching Netflix, you know what, I might hang out in this place where all the ballers hang out. That's it. Get known. That's, that's, uh, you know, I think that will resonate with my students. You just got to hang with the ballers. I like that. Okay, <laughs> I might, well, yeah, I might, I might even put that as the title of the podcast. I, I, I'm uncertain what I want to label this one, but hang with the ballers. I like that. That's good. Yeah. And you got you to gotta 10X it. And anything that you do, you got to 10X it. You got to 10X it. It's so motivating and inspirational phase also. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, any final parting words for the audience, guys? So before we have to uh, sign off again, I have a window of time. I, I try to yeah. see these podcasts. We're, we're, we're cutting short on that. I get you. I get you. Um, you know, be clear on what you want to do. Get around the right people. Um, Jim Rohn once said, he said, uh, show me who the five people around you are and I'll show you um, how much money you got in your bank. Show me, I think it was something like that or something like, uh, tell me how much money the five people around you have in their bank accounts. I'll tell you how much money you've got in your bank account. There was something, a twist on this thing. And that's pretty, I thought about that a lot. I don't know if it's true or not, but there is certainly an impact with where you go in life and the people you hang around, hang around with the right people. Beautiful, beautiful. And I think, again, it's easier said than done uh, because, again, at this age, I mean, you, know, you know, people are just so impressionable and they want to be liked and they want to fit in. And I'm seeing that too with my own kids who are 12 and 10 and, and they want to again fit in, but at the same time, you want to plant those seeds, like you said, of surrounding yourself with the right people, because that's only going to benefit you down the road. So, uh, thank you very much, uh, Faisal. Faisal Shah, everybody. This was a long-awaited podcast. We are so grateful to have you on the Stop Showdown podcast. We definitely have to circle back and get you on the show again, hopefully here in the coming months. But uh, this is Faisal Shah and your host, Wendy, on the Stop Showdown podcast. Sign it off. God bless.